good morning to all of you. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, it is good to meet you over the Zoom call this morning. Uh, I just want to share a few thoughts what God has been speaking to me. And I hope and pray that that would encourage you uh, in your Christian walk. Uh, a few days ago, you know, I was reading uh, some uh, an article about um, uh, you know people whom we lost in uh, 2022 this year, and uh, I was even as I was reading that article online, I saw so many names which I knew. Uh, some were older people, some were middle aged, and uh, so many sports stars and so many uh, film stars and uh, big names even in the industry. And, you know, it got me thinking, like, you know, life is so fast. Uh, by the time you realize it, uh, it's, it's gone away. And uh, what we do for Christ and how we live a life of significance uh, is so important in the context of uh, what God has given each one of us. And sometimes I was even surprised to see some very, uh, you know, some stars and some, you know, famous personalities in the, you know, who are very young, in the 30s, uh, and you say, you know, you see gone too soon and you realize that, you know, uh, the life that God has given us, uh, we never know, uh, you know, the days that God has put us, but we can live a life of significance. And so this morning, I just want to uh, share uh, about a person from the word of God uh, who was, uh, who lived a life of significance. And I feel there's a lot of parallel between that uh, person and us because he was not a full-time missionary or a pastor or, you know, who was into missions. Uh, but he was a career person uh, just like you and me. So I'd like to uh, place before you Nehemiah from the Old Testament. We all know the story. So I'm going to just share a few thoughts and perspectives from his life and his approach uh, to the things of God. Uh, I'm not going to read too many uh, scriptures or I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, you know, dig too much into the, uh, you know, the the textual content, but some thoughts and some perspectives of um, from Nehemiah. Just to give a little bit of background about Nehemiah, uh, as you all know, Nehemiah was, uh, uh, he was, uh, he lives around 50, 60 years after the temple and Jerusalem has fallen. So he's basically in the exile uh, time period. So, you know, the judges period is over, the king's period is over and God multiple times wants the people of Israel to come back to him, to remain faithful to him. And we see that uh, the people of uh, Israel uh, do not take God seriously. And so finally, God lets the Babylonians come over and take over Israel. And later on, uh, the Persians take over from the Babylonians. So the people of Israel and the country is really in captivity. They are defeated, they are lost, they are scattered. And so in this time frame, we see people like Zerubbabel and uh, Ezra and Nehemiah on the scene and how God uses them uh, to bring back the exiles, to build Jerusalem, to build the walls. Speaking in particular about uh, Nehemiah, we see that uh, he, uh, even though he's, his book is in the word of God and uh, he's, a, he's done uh, amazing things for God. Uh, the amount of uh, work that he does later in the chapter, we see is just a phenomenal as somebody so devoted to God. Uh, but I just want to draw to your attention that he is no, he's no full-time missionary. He's not a pastor. He's not in missions. He's not in, uh, you know, he's not like gone to Bible college or in seminary or anything like that. He's just an average uh, lay person like you and me. Uh, and we read from Nehemiah chapter one that he was a high official in the Persian court. 
uh, it's mentioned that he was a cup bearer. So basically, he's a person who was attending to the king in terms of uh, providing the wine for the king during his uh, during the time the king is uh, relaxing or you know having his um, uh, his uh, evening drink, whatever it is. So he is actually. Um, if you look at it at some at one perspective, he's more like a government official. He's working for the king's court. He is a professional. He is a man who is uh, uh, having a career at hand. He probably grew to his uh, grew. You know, he's a personal attendant to the king at that point. So over the years, he has actually probably started somewhere in the palace as some entry level job and probably went up. And then you know, he started probably managing. He started start you know. Uh, grow in his career and finally we see that he ends up being the personal cupbearer to the king probably the highest position in his career path where he goes all the way uh, to actually meet the king face to face on a daily basis so we see that uh, from that point of view that uh, he is a professional he is a career man and he is a government official and he he is uh, serving the king uh, in in his in his career in his profession in his career in his calling and with that background I just want uh, to read one verse on, from Nehemiah chapter one uh, verse two uh, the word says that um, then Hanani and one of the brethren came uh, he and certain men of Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped where were which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Please see the context that is happening here. There is a group of people who are coming from Jerusalem uh, and meeting uh, Nehemiah. And look at what Nehemiah does. The first thing that I want to place before you is the question. The question. The people of uh, these brothers who are coming from Judah meet uh, Nehemiah. And, he's, I, and he, the word says, I asked them concerning the Jews who, that had escaped the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Friends, I want to place before you this morning the concern that this man had that when he saw a group of people coming from Jerusalem, the question he asks them, he asks them two questions. He asks them about the people, the remnant which have escaped the captivity, and he asks them about the place, temple. Very simple, straightforward question. He comes to the point. He says, how, is the, how are the people doing? How is the place? And so we see that uh, this comes from a heart of concern. This comes from a heart which is uh, hurting for God. And so when you see something out there, uh, the immediate thing that comes to him was the question. So I want to ask us this morning, even as we look into uh, you know, our own lives as careers, uh, in our own careers, in our own businesses, in our own professions, has there been anything that God has placed in our heart? Has there been anything that, uh, you know, it's been burning in our hearts, even with uh, being in our professions, being in our uh, walks of life? Has there been anything pertaining to things of God that God has put in our hearts that has been sort of uh, somewhere in our hearts that's been burning? And have we taken the time to call someone and say, hey, how are you doing? How is your ministry doing? How is this particular person doing? How is the school that you started? How is the hospital that you're working on doing? How is this mission work that you're doing? How is that going on? How is the medical ministry going on? How is the children's ministry going on? You 
know, so often in life, sometimes, you know, when, when you know, people like uh, us, most of us are leaders in our own right. And, uh, you know, we, are, we head an organization or head our own businesses or head our own consulting companies or uh, work in some uh, government position or something of significance, something where God has placed us. And sometimes we become oblivious to the fact that God is calling us uh, to enter into areas where he is working and be that supporting hand. Nehemiah VC was actually a man in high position. He probably was very wealthy. He was working for the king and he would have worked for the king for quite a number of years. Probably quite a wealthy man, probably in a good financial status. And he also had very good amount of influence. He probably had a lot of networking with the officials that he had because of his work in the government. So the first thing I want to leave with you is the question. When was the last time that we have reached out to somebody who's in ministry, who's doing full-time ministry, full-time missions, a preacher, a pastor, a youth ministry, whatever be the ministry, whatever God has laid in your uh, sphere of influence. When was the last time we called and asked them, how are you doing? How's the ministry going? What is the concern that God has placed in your heart and my heart this morning? What is it that beats our heart? What is it that disturbs us? That we say, we look at something and we say, this is bothering me. I don't like the way the country is going. I don't like the way uh, this particular uh, ministry is going. Or I don't like the way that this particular um, things are happening. What is it that God has put in your heart? Whatever be a marketplace. Could be a bank, could be a hospital, could be a school, could be the college, wherever God has placed us. What is it that God has done to us? What is it that God has allowed us in our heart to disturb us? And have we taken that step to ask the question? So the first thing I want to place before you is the question. Would you take some time off this week and ask God, what is it that you are laying in my heart, Lord, even as a career person? And would you ask the question to somebody whom God places in your life, who is in ministry, who is doing things of God, and ask them, how is the ministry going? How is the, how are you doing personally? Would you reach out to them? Maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a WhatsApp message, whatever it is. Would you ask them that question? The second thing I want to place before you is coming from chapter uh, 1, verses 4 to 11. Uh, there is no time, so I'm not going to go into the full text. Uh, but we see that uh, the message, that the response that the uh, people give, they say that uh, uh, the, the gates are uh, burnt with fire and the walls are broken down. You know, this is a, this is a situation where... Uh, the uh, Jerusalem has been slowly rebuilt, but the walls were all broken down uh, and uh, they had no security. They had no safety. Uh, we see that they always lived in fear of uh, raiding bands that were raiding uh, Jerusalem at the time because the walls were broken and they were living in constant shame and dishonor. And so uh, when they give the response, uh, we go to the next phase, which is the confession. 
it's very interesting the moment uh, they hear the news that uh, the walls are broken down and the gates are burned with fire nehemiah doesn't get overly upset and uh, uh, you know he's getting emotional and he's getting angry about it or uh, you know he's collecting a group of people and uh, trying to do something immediately he doesn't do that we see from uh, in nehemiah chapter 1 verses 4 to 11 he immediately goes into in uh, a confession time the bible says that he started to weep he was weeping he was mourning he was fasting he was praying please see the order it says he was weeping he was mourning he was fasting and he was praying friends the moment god put something into our hearts it it is something that he does to us internally that bothers us so much that we start to go back to him and we start to cry out cry out to god and say lord why is this happening this way or what is that happening this way and what is it that you want me to do the burden that god puts into our heart disturbs us it makes us to ask god what he wants us to do and so here we see in the from the pattern of nehemiah that he is actually starting to confess his sin the bible says he confessed his sin his personal sin and his the sin of his family and the sins of the people of israel somehow it seems like when we want to do something for god and before god can actually uh, do something meaningful out of our lives there is a period of confession there is a period of cleansing there is a period of sanctification how much ever holy we feel we are how much how much ever uh, you know uh, we feel like we have good bible knowledge or whatever we we feel equipped or adequate for the job god takes us through a period of prayer and cleansing and mourning and fasting and god works on in our hearts first before he even does anything he disturbs us so that we can cry out to him there is one interesting thing that i want to point out here which i thought was a very um sort of an interesting perspective from this passage Uh, from the life of nehemiah he actually uh, cries out to god and confesses the sin and he tells god that god you told us through the prophet moses that when we sin against you and you give us multiple warnings and uh, when we disobey you consistently you allow us to be defeated and you allow us to uh, be taken as captives he recognizes that and he also says lord but when we repent and when we cry out to you and when we seek you you bring us back you restore us friends remember this there this is the period uh, when israel is really low their glory has gone down their honor has gone down everything has gone down this is the uh, kingdom of uh, david and solomon and all the uh, uh, you know the kings and it has really gone down and it's all because of disobedience and here is a man of god who's able to see the big picture the people there were so many other people of israel there were some in exile and even some outside uh, some living in the in jerusalem as captives and some outside uh, being dispersed in many parts of the world they didn't see it they only saw that uh, you know israel was weak they only saw that they didn't have a good king to uh, rule over them 
they saw that they didn't have the military power they saw that they didn't have a strategy and they thought that babylon had defeated them because they were a weaker kingdom but here is the man who is clearly seeing the problem he really sees it he understands that this is not issue of military power this is not an issue of strategy this is not an issue of where uh, uh, they didn't have unity this is a clear issue where god's prophecy had come through where god had repeatedly warned the people of israel that when they depart from him there is consequence and so as a man who has the wisdom he is able to see that through and that's why he cries out to god when we see god in prayer and fasting and mourning he opens our eyes of understanding to see what the real problem is so that we can pray effectively so that we can confess meaningfully friends this morning i want to encourage you even as you seek the face of god god will open your eyes of understanding to see some things that other people will not see when you seek his face he will give you a clarity that other people will not get when he places that burden in your heart and when you seek out god and say lord i want to live a life of significance and when you seek his face in prayer crying out to god god will give you the clarity he will help you understand what is the root cause you know so many times in our professional world when something doesn't go wrong we do a root cause analysis we do an analysis to find out what went wrong what was the problems we do uh, techniques like five why analysis wishbone analysis what really went wrong what could have been done better friends we don't have to get so complicated with god when we seek his face it's like a light bulb goes on he opens our eyes to see what went wrong and so that we can pray effectively and even a person like nehemiah who seems like a godly man had to confess his personal sin how much ever holy we feel how much ever uh, godly we feel or how much ever uh, we feel like a mature christian there are times when we go to god and god really unpacks some of the things in our lives which is not pleasing to him so that we can confess them so that those don't become an hindrance to serve god we see that in the life of moses when god asks him to go and bring the people of israel he has not circumcised his children and we see that becomes a sort of a disturbance to god and he intervenes at that point and moses his wife understands that god is looking for something and she quickly uh, does the circumcision and we see god giving a breakthrough there friends when we want to do something for god as a professional in whatever calling that god wants us to do there are times when we have to go through a period of confession a period of prayer a period or a period of uh, mourning and introspection and allow god to give us the discernment allow god to give us the clarity and also allow god to cleanse us and sanctify us so that the things that he doesn't want in our lives can be taken away the question the confession and the third point very closely i will finish uh the action 
you know, uh, I was uh, very um, encouraged by the life of uh, Nehemiah because the moment, like I said earlier, the moment he hears the news, he doesn't jump into emotional action and uh, he goes into a period of prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God. And then uh, Bible scholars believe that, uh, you know, before the time he goes and speaks to the king, um, it's about a three-month period. Three months, can you imagine that? He hears the news, it breaks his heart, and he gets into a time of confession and seeking God and seeking his face. Three months, he's bearing the, the pain of that, the, the burden, but he doesn't do anything at that point. He is very slow very calm, very seeking his presence. God doesn't do anything in our life that asks us to rapidly just uh, do some sort of a, a fast action thing without thought. He has taken the time to pray, to understand, to really consume all that he has got and to really think over what he wants to do. He's taken a three-month period and finally he gets into action. We see that he goes to the king and he asks the king that, you know, I'm not going into the story. You can read it in chapter one and chapter two of Nehemiah. He asks for a, the beautiful thing we see there is uh, when the king gives him a chance to speak, saying that, why are you sad? What's bothering you? Something heavy in your heart. What's that matter that you are disturbed with? He explains to the king what's going on. And along with that, he asks for it, uh, asks the king directly. He says, I won't leave because I personally want to go. Second, he says, I want letters of recommendation. I want letter, letters of authority from the government side to allow me, to authorize me to go there and do the project. And thirdly, he asks for resources, financial resources, men, raw materials so that he can go. Very bold. How is it? How can you and I, when we are in a high position, like in a government official, would we have the, the boldness to go and ask not only for some leave, but for some letters of recommendations, a letter of authority, and also ask for financial resources? And especially if you are a high official, especially if you are a, a person in high position, would we have the humility to go and ask? And this is something that uh, Nehemiah teaches us. That doesn't matter where we are in our life. For things of God, we humble ourselves and we become bold and we ask. We are not asking for ourselves. We are not asking for our family. We are not asking for our upliftment. In today's world, we see so many people of the world for their career movement, for their financial improvement, for their personal gain. They are so unashamedly asking. They are so bold in asking. I, you know, I do a lot of hiring for my, uh, you know, the, uh, for the organization that I work with. And sometimes the ask that comes, it's so bold. Even in the first round of interviews, when you talk to people, the question, they, are, they are straight away going to the point, how much will you give me? What will I get? And I have to always rem remind them saying that we are just trying to see if you are the right person for the job. And even before that, the question is, how much will you give me? I'm getting so much. What will I gain if I join your organization? 
the people of the world are so smart so interested to move up in life so interested to do things for themselves to ask without feeling a tinge of shame for their personal gain do we have the humility in our hearts when god places a burden in our hearts and when he is prodding us to do would we have the humility to ask out for help to reach out to people there are some things that only you and me can do there are some things that uh, people in professional world can only do people who own businesses because you have the influence you have the networking you have the connections you have access to some things that probably pastors or preachers or those in full time missions will never be able to get those are valuable you might not think much about them we always think that when we are professionals or when we are business owners or we have our consulting or you know whatever we do the the first thing we need is to give out our finances that's what people in missions need it's actually not the case there are times that they need recommendations from us there are times when they need networking from us there are times when we need to give them technical advice it's not all the time that we need to give finances yes there are times but there are other things that we can do that those in ministry those in missions those in church planting or whatever ministry be that they will not be able to do that god has kept us in that kind of a position so i want to ask you this question this morning what is it that god wants you to do for his kingdom being a full time professional nehemiah did something amazing with all that his responsibilities finally when god places the burden he's not just uh, mobilizing the funds he's not just mobilizing the people finally we see that he actually goes himself and if you read the rest of the book we see that he remains to be a leader till the very end to build the wall and complete the wall and sometimes friends when we want to serve god alongside a church ministry or a, a missions organization or whatever be a bible ministry a translation ministry a school ministry doesn't matter what it is sometimes or most times more than anything that they need in terms of finances they need your leadership they need a person of wisdom they need a person of experience they need a person who understands the government regulations they need a leader to be along with them and so this morning i want to encourage you even as you and me we see ourselves in the person of nehemiah as a full time professional as a career politician being in the uh kings um, palace he personally lends his leadership he don't even read about him giving his finances which he probably did but the point was not about nehemiah giving his finances finances or resources the point was he gave his time and he gave his leadership the question the confession the action the question precedes action the last point even as i close nehemiah was uh, is a man of influence 
and he did great things for for the king in the palace and that's why he was able to move up in his career path however when we read the word of god we don't read anything about his earthly accomplishments how great he was how he grew in his career path how did he start from just entering into the king's palace to reaching the highest level in serving the king personally in such a big kingdom how did he have the favor what connections he had how he was ethical how he was skillful he probably did all of that but the bible doesn't record that what it records is the accomplishment that he, that he did for god's kingdom as much as our professions are great as much as our careers are great one day when we stand before god those things are the earthly things that pass away what stands and what will remain are the things that we do for the kingdom of god for the things for the extension of the gospel for the things of eternal value so i want to encourage you this morning even as you look into your life and introspect would you allow god to say lord what do you want me to do and would you invest even as a professional even as a businessman even as a consultant even as a government official wherever god has placed you would you invest your time and your energy and your focus especially in providing leadership to areas where god has called you so that when it's all said and done and when god records all that you have done what i have done that we will have a long list of things that we have accomplished for god and when we leave this earth we would leave encouraged we would stand before god and god would be able to say well done good and faithful servant let's pray lord i thank you for this morning i thank you for this new week i thank you for every person who is able to join in this morning we thank you for the life of nehemiah a career professional like each one of us here we thank you lord that wherever we are in our own professions we can continue and get lord we can do accomplish great things for you in the ministry things pertaining to the kingdom which are of eternal value lord give us that perspective lord and even as we go into this week lord i pray that you would give us areas where we can contribute in service to your kingdom lord to that end we commit ourselves we thank you and we praise you in jesus name we pray amen Uh, thank you so much, Vimal Rana, for your time, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Have a wonderful week ahead.